Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Ken Garf, West Valley Chrysler, Jeep Dodger, excuse me, Ram. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf, West Valley Chrysler, Jeep Dodger Ram. We're going to talk to Sam Amick, your daily assist, coming up here momentarily. Of course, Sam of athletic fame. We'll get his thought on, uh, thoughts on the hottest team in the league at the moment, the Utah Jazz. Yeah, I mean, look at what's going on. And a game like last night, I, even though we said that the Jazz should concentrate on themselves in that game, what do you learn from a game like that? Uh, that Manuel Moutier is, uh, when properly motivated, is pretty good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Against he is, his... because we talked about the benches, though Jordan Clarkson was the, the main uh, piece there, but these other guys are, are falling right in line in a, in a very positive way. Yeah, I've been trying to get that message out for the past uh, few days that Jordan Clarkson's getting a lot of the credit, but some of these other guys yeah. have really turned the corner with their games as well. Yeah, All right, uh, it's time for your daily assist. Austin, let's get to it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check it out online, leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now from The Athletic, our good friend Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. How are you? Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Doing great. Hey, right now, Sam, at least from a record standpoint, the Jazz are the hottest team in the league, but I, I feel like we've asked you a version of this question before because this uh, stretch against some of the weaker teams in the league has gone on for a minute. But what can you take from a stretch like this if you're a Jazz fan? Uh, patience, I think, is like yet again, and, and Jazz fans have been through it in years past. It's just that idea that, you know, we uh, I'm the first to admit it, the media business is is partly built on instant reactions and overreactions and finding meaning where there might truly be none in certain performances. And to that end, you know, it, it would appear that uh, there was a lot of panic early on that was not justified. And they didn't look like a, a team that, that we, you know, the team we thought they were going to be with Mike Conley allegedly coming in and taking this thing to the next level. It's been very different. He's had the health stuff. They've taken a while to find their way. It seemed like they lost their way in terms of the identity and the foundation that they've built the past couple of years. And then, like you guys alluded to coming in, they, they make that Clarkson trade and and uh, figure a few things out, and, and they are. I mean, they're, they're hot right now. They're playing really good ball, and you're seeing, among other things, you know, Donovan Mitchell uh, just kind of continuing to, to uh, evolve. And so, Sam, as we weigh all these things out and we watch and we evaluate – I got to admit, I'm starting to believe that this that this could be real. I, I'm not saying that they're going to win an NBA championship or anything, but I 
I think this team uh, w- could contend at least, uh, especially in that very difficult Western Conference. They've got a chance to move on up. They do. No, for sure. I mean, that's this more than, you know, uh, most recent years. This is a landscape where you can think that way, Gordon. You can feel that way and not have, you know, people tell you that you're out of your mind. And that's mostly Warriors related because they have fallen and here, you know, and the parody is there. Um, Still a ton of focus with understandable reason on the two LA teams. Um, and, And, you know, I think beyond that, though, it's like we don't know what to think of Houston, um, Denver. It, it almost a little bit like Utah. It doesn't matter how many games Denver wins, people don't see them as you know an elite team, even though they obviously uh, were in the conference finals. But um, Utah, if you want to talk about stability, longevity, chemistry, all those things, you know, there's an argument to be made that they have certainly you know the, their pieces have been together longer than. The Lakers pieces, the Clippers pieces, um, you know, things of that nature, and I think that matters. We've talked a lot of times about the coaching, and and certainly Quinn Snyder remains a guy that has a ton of respect. So um, they're right there. And but again, it's like I it doesn't matter how long you do this. I I didn't think this type of a turnaround was going to uh, happen three weeks ago when we were talking, and and here we are. Let's talk about the Rockets for a six uh, sec, Sam. You bring them up, and they don't feel any different to me this year than last year. I mean, take out Chris Paul, you plug in Russell Westbrook. If anything, Russell has been significantly less efficient than Chris Paul, but he's played, whereas Paul's battled some injuries, as we know. But but it doesn't feel to me like Houston is any more of a threat for the title than they have been the past couple of years. That's fair. Um, I, I think it's a different style, and admittedly, I, I haven't looked up the numbers here uh, in a little while, and if my computer cooperates, I'll, I'll share those numbers in a second here, but the idea going into the season certainly was that Russ would help with their pace, that they, in, in terms of having contrasting styles where you could, you could do that James Harden bully ball, iso ball uh, at times, and then you could just get up and go with Russ, whereas Chris Paul was definitely slowing things down. You know, that was the idea, and that was the spirit of it. And, you know, early on that's what happened. I mean, 25-11 and 11 is nothing to sneeze at. They, they look, you know, very hard to deal with on a lot of nights. They, they have their own version of stability with the P.J. Tucker types and whatnot and who have, you know, even though that squad hasn't won a title, I, I do think, you know, we can't forget how uh, they've been through a lot. They're more playoff tested really than, I mean, as a group than, uh, than most of the other teams in the West. And that stuff matters. So, but I think inevitably the Rockets, because of that playoff history, you know, they could be, you know, 29 and 7, and you'd probably feel the same way because I think that's what we've kind of been trained to uh, to expect them to fall short. Speaking back uh, about the Western Conference, Sam, and I know you do pay some attention to what's going on there, there are, what, four teams that are uh, – one game separates them. It's crazy, like, guys. It's crazy. Nugget, I, I Nuggets, something. Rockets, Clippers, Jazz, yeah, and the Mavericks are just uh, a little bit behind that. Right. Real quick, guys, I know it's taboo to go hit the rewind button in radio, but uh, since I teased to it a second ago, the Rockets are sixth in the NBA in pace. So, um, Jake, to your point about being different, they, uh, you know, sixth in pace last year. um, And, 
Uh, geez, fifth fifth a year ago, so not not much different. Hmm. I'm missing something there. All right, we're going to circle back on that one, <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> I mean, the West is it's insane, and it's it's impacting the trade market, which is what I write about for a piece coming out tomorrow. Is that you have all these teams that really should give up on the dream. You know what I mean? They should be thinking about being uh, sellers and thinking about the big picture. And I'm talking about Sacramento, Minnesota. I mean, San Antonio is in playoff position, but it's not the normal type of uh, Spurs playoff push. It's below 500. Um, you know, all these teams, Phoenix, where they, you know, they're still looking at the trade market and thinking, you know, we either want to hold on to the pieces that are of some value because we want to keep scratching out wins to stay in the playoff race, uh, or you know, we just we're, we're not going to engage in the types of things where we think about the big picture because we're right there. And it's weird. I mean, it's not what we're used to seeing in the West. Um, and there's really, I mean, New Orleans wins last night. They are, let's see, four games out of the eighth spot. I mean, 13 and 25 in mid-January should compel you to become, you know, a seller and to think about the future and to bottom out. Instead, like New Orleans is very unique. They have the Zion Williamson situation where he's coming back in a couple of weeks, um, we believe. So it's almost like they, they feel like they should give him a chance to compete with the group that they brought in with him as a rookie, that Drew Holidays and, you know, with J.J. Redick and Derek Favors and that crew. So even New Orleans, you know, right there, only a few games above the, the lowly Warriors, you know, is, is not to the point where they're, lighting the phone lines up and talking about trades. And that'll change. We still have almost a month left until the deadline. But but I think that is definitely a big story this year. So just kind of adding on to that, when you say sellers, uh, you know, how extreme are we talking here? Like if you're Minnesota and you should consider being a seller, and I totally get what you're saying right there, would you go as extreme as moving somebody like Carl Anthony Towns? I don't know. Not, they, they've given no indication no matter what happens. I think they could lose 20 in a row and they wouldn't trade Carl right now. They got him on a long-term deal. They see him as a centerpiece guy, and I don't have any reason to believe that they think he's the problem. Um, you know, So far, they had been trying to go extract high-level players you know, through other means. Now, Robert Covington is a name that is going to be around a lot for the next month. He's a guy who plays both ends of the floor, can you know give you spread the floor and, and shoot that ball a little bit, and his contract is fairly team-friendly. It's uh, just a shade above $10 million for the next couple of years. He could be part of your program. So, you know, I don't think you're selling all the way to the cat level. And some of that's been written. The Warriors, uh, according to our Ethan Strauss, are monitoring you know that type of thing, but it's it's too early, I think, for a guy like that. And besides, once the Warriors get healthy next year, and if they get another top draft pick, uh, Sam, that team's going to be right back near the top again. Oh, they will be. Yeah, it's an interesting year. Even it's funny, guys. Like you know how much I've been around them the past couple of years. Um, I went to my first Warriors game about a week ago for the entire season uh, at home in their new arena, and. That, just for me, anecdotally, like that was really telling of what's going on this season because I used to spend half my time down in Oakland, which is about an hour and a half away. So, you know, the new arena uh, without traffic is a little farther, but, but still, like, there's not the pull to be around them because of who they are right now. But, shoot, even just today, um, videos of Steph Curry 
looking pretty good. Uh, kind of rumblings that maybe he comes back in mid-February, early February, and gets a couple of months on the court. And you know, and then Clay Thompson coming back in the off season, and and then there you go. And even last night, I'm sure you guys saw some of the stuff on social media. Um, Steph and Giannis out of the Kupo kind of yucking it up during their game and, and rumors about who's the next star the Warriors are going to try to go get. So they'll be fine. I mean, it's it's kind of a just a burned year where they uh, they get used to the new building. And, and I don't know if they're going to be winning championships next year, but they're going to be in the mix for sure. Sam Amick with us from The Athletic, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now, Sam, Jimmy Butler down there in Miami, and he had an interesting night last night with his little incident with uh, T.J. Warren and his comments and uh, Warren actually getting thrown out and, uh, you know, that whole episode. But <clears throat> it feels like Miami is is not only really good, but it feels like Jimmy Butler is going like John Rambo down there and, and certainly has a point to prove. <laughs> I'm all for it. I don't know how the fans and listeners feel. Um, I, I, I get why Jimmy has rubbed people the wrong way. Last year was was kind of gross, for lack of a better way of putting it, with some of the stuff he pulled in Minnesota. But, I, you know, he's he's at least living up to it. He took what I would argue is a bolder path in free agency. He did not go shopping for a team with another co-star. He he went alone. He he went to the place that, and he's talked about this at length, the place that he thought fit his personality, his competitiveness, and his work ethic and his dedication, which is that Miami Heat culture, which, you know, it is a really good fit. And what you saw last night was a guy who's just unabashedly um, going to compete, and he's not going to back down from anybody, let alone T.J. Warren, and, you know, I don't know. I thought, I mean, I'm, I got no problem with guys caring so much about, you know, competition that, I mean, sure, that's a little R-rated, probably not great for the kids in the front row. Uh, he got a laugh out of me, though, because, first of all, um, like, I've never seen a guy, like, yeah, he dropped a couple F-bombs, things of that nature, but I've never seen a guy get down to the, the basics. I don't know if you guys did any lip-reading in that exchange, but he's yelling at TJ, and he just keeps saying over and over again, I'm tough. I'm tough. Like, just, I'm keeping it simple. And I think he even said, I'm mean. And, I mean, he stands up to it. I mean, he's, he's not backing down. TJ didn't back down. Um, not great that Jimmy, in the beginning of that, he did cock back and look like he was about to knock TJ out. I mean, we got to make sure we don't have, you know, full-out brawls. But, I mean, those guys were getting after it. So you got the Bucks in the East, and you got the Lakers in the West. The Bucks are up five games. The Lakers up four. Is there a team other than those two? And you talked about the Heat there. Is there a team that sort of has caught your attention, Sam? That you think uh, is worth keeping an eye on? I mean, Boston's interesting, and then they drop a game, you know, like they did last night to San Antonio. Um, Miami's a shocker, and and. And, you know, again, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice that I'm becoming more of a believer in Jimmy and, and, the, and the Heat. So I think they're right there. Philly, Philly's interesting because pretty mediocre stretch for the past 10 games or so. Um, I still mostly like what they have going on, other than, obviously, the Joel Embiid injury today, which, you know, news is even uh, breaking as we speak about the status of that injury. So that's not good. And then Al Horford is had a tough time fitting in. And that's a tricky fit because during the playoffs, I think he could really come in handy. 
specifically, just uh, like the guy you want to throw at Giannis defensively in a, in a Bucks Sixers matchup. But in the interim, you know, kind of a tough fit, and then Ben Simmons getting a ton of attention for his just his limited game and his you know lack of willingness to shoot from beyond the arc and and uh, and just kind of how handicapped his game seems to be. So I'm not giving up on the Sixers. The Pacers are are to me a, a plucky overachieving team that I don't take seriously as a you know contender to come out of the East. And then I'd probably apply that same rationale to Toronto. I'm impressed with just how they're comporting themselves. And, like, you lose a guy like Kawhi Leonard and you go 25-13 and 13 in the first half of the year, that's incredibly impressive. But I've got Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, Philly on a, a different level. Sam, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. I got to set the record straight really quickly. The Please Rockets uh, 27th in pace. Uh-huh. I read it wrong. So <laughs> the point is, Jake, they were slow as heck. Last year, and now they are um, second in the NBA. And, and that difference <laughs> is significant, obviously. So they they are different. Interesting. Yes. There we go. I finally got there. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. Okay, see you. Sam Amick from the Athletic, one of our favorites here on the uh, Daily Assist on the Big Show. Yeah, all kinds of competition in the league right now. I don't know whether I know you were busy last night, but did you see any of the highlights of that uh, Denver Dallas game? I did. And, uh, that was a competitive affair. It was, and the Joker hitting a three. I, I think the Western Conference fi- or the Western Conference is full of interesting stories, both positive and negative. I thought what Sam had to say about the sellers there mm-hmm. was was interesting because when is honestly when are the Thunder going to stop treading water? But we saw we saw the Pelicans the other night, and I think that's a promising young team. It is a promising young team, but could you make it more promising in the future by moving somebody like JJ Redick? Uh, yeah, maybe you could. But they got some nice young players, and I, I thought, okay, today is not their day. Uh, they're going to have some bright days in the future. I don't know exactly how it's all going to come together or when, but they've got some uh, reason for optimism, I think. But I I, th- I think there's some other teams out there. Like what he said about Minnesota, I'm not moving off Cat unless I have to, but I'd consider moving Andrew Wiggins if I were the Timberwolves. They're not going anywhere with that pairing. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're Oklahoma City – um, and you're going to rebuild around Shea Gilgis Alexander, which looks like he's going to be a terrific player. If you can get off Chris Paul's contract in any way, shape, or form, you do that. But if you can move Steven Adams for a first round pick, I mean, uh, how long, if you're these teams, are you grasping at, you know, just squeaking into the playoffs right. to be fodder to the Lakers? Well, you know, like it, that's that's not worth it. Yeah. That's the age old question, Jake, that we've talked about. Well, we used to talk about it when the Jazz were kind of in that place. Yep. And, you know, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of those old jazz teams that were fighting and clawing, scratching to get that seven or eight spot in the, in the Western playoffs. And uh, it's just, you're stuck. Yeah. So at what point do you stop doing that yeah. and start the rebuild? And the jazz had to do that, too. The year where they moved off Jefferson and, yeah. and Millsap, I mean, they had to they had to go through some growing pains because everybody's got to rebuild at some point. And so are you just delaying it or are you helping it or what? And in the case of, say, the Thunder, like if you're a, a team about to turn the corner, oh, yeah, shoot for that eight spot. And I think that's where New Orleans thought that they would be this mm-hmm. year was because they'd rebuild on the fly with Zion and they had some young pieces and they could be already turning that corner. But if you're the Thunder, 
Where are you where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going with that group? You yeah. know, it, I think it. I think that's kind of what Sam was getting at. On the other hand, you, you, don't want, you don't want to pull the competitor out of uh, the competitiveness out of the players that you do have. You know. Well, that's the danger. That's the danger of the rebuild. Do you do you ruin your culture? Right. For the sake of um, you know strategically adding more talent, and you you certainly run that risk. I think that's where you really depend on on a head coach. And maybe depend on front office. That's why, and I, I don't know how folks feel, feel about this, but actually, the 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 timing of moving on from Ty Corbin was really good. Whether that was intentional or, or not, the the timing worked out pretty well there, because you bottomed out with Ty, and then you hire a new head coach, and he builds an entirely new culture. Yeah, and they had to with do that it. roster, and they, they had, had to right. So if you're Oklahoma City, yeah, you're a little worried about your your culture taking a hit, but you you can't stick in the middle. You're just not going to go anywhere. So you pick your your guys you're going to rebuild around, and then you go and and you you identify a time when you think you should be peaking. So jazz fans can reflect back on those times when they had to turn that corner, and be grateful that they're not the Memphis Grizzlies now, right? And you hope that the pieces you've chosen to to build around are, are going to stick around and continue to get better. I mean, there's the at at some point, you know, if you're OKC, you realize that Gilgis Alexander is your guy, and you got to figure out a way to put complementary contracts and players around him so right. you can grow together. You know, the the Jazz team with Hayward that was just about to turn the corner and barely missed on the playoffs that one year, that was certainly different than the team the Jazz had with Millsap and Jefferson where they were scrapping to make the yeah. eighth slot when they were really just delaying the inevitable. Right. Those are those are different teams in different positions. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the challenge in the NBA with darn near half the league. Uh, honestly, if I'm Minnesota, I'm moving Wiggins as soon as I can. <laughs> and I'm figuring out if somehow I can salvage a roster that Carl Anthony Towns wants to stick around on. You have to. You have to. Uh, you do. They, they've been disappointing, so you got to figure out where to go next. All right. Uh, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, want to remind you, come join The Zone in ARUP tomorrow from 10 to 3 at ARUP on 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life, life and donate some blood. It takes only 30 minutes, and you will receive a Megaplex gift card and popcorn voucher, not to mention jazz gear. And, and this is the selling point. Actually, the selling point of the remote is saving lives. 100%. Go in there. Donate blood. Save lives. It's awesome, and we love our listeners that do. But the, the side attraction, you get to see the, the Horton stash. The Horton mustache will be making a public appearance tomorrow at ARUP Blood Services. Go see this wonderful thing in person. I hate you guys. Why? He don't mean any of that. You're a public figure. You knew you were going to have to go out in public. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's for a good cause. So, it is. so you, go ahead and mock a good cause. Uh, you've been refusing, <laughs> refusing to let anybody take a picture of your mustache. Are you telling me if a listener comes up to you tomorrow at ARUP and just said, "Hey, Austin, I just saved a life. I donated some blood. I'm down here because of you. I need a picture of you and your mustache." You're going to say no? N- uh, no. I gotta, All right. I got to tell you. It's for a good I, cause. It's for a good cause, and it's good that it's for is a it, good cause. I just can't get used to it. I was going to say, is it any more no. uh, normal today to see it? Yes, no, it is. No, it's not. You're getting a little more used yeah. to it? No. Nope. Why is it, Well, I'll tell you, my director of the show, 
because I did this for a musical that's raising money for a good cause, uh, and she asked me to do it. And last night she saw me at rehearsal and tilted her head to the side and went, <laughs> "Huh." So it's it's not looking like it was worth it. So we'll see. Well, I don't know uh, what enemy of Gordon's had a mustache somewhere along the way, but he's very anti-mustache. I don't. He I got to admit, no, like no, I'm not. I don't no, understand no, it. I have said this a thousand times. Austin's a handsome man. He looks good with the beard. I'm I'm just uh, picturing Austin or is picturing Gordon somewhere in his basement watching an episode of Magnum PI and going, you know what? I don't care for that man's facial hair. <laughs> Tom Selleck, more like Tom Sellout. No, no, he was a handsome man. Uh, I remember back in that day, uh, kind of every guy wanted to be Tom Selleck. You could you could try out a new facial hairstyle. Why don't you give the the mustache a, a spin around the block? Ah, uh, no. You I think we ought to have a facial hair race, the three of us. We all shave one day during the show and then see who can grow the mustache the fastest. Oh, I'll oh, lose. I'd, I'd probably lose. That. Yeah, I bet okay, then we'll, we'll do it for a month and then have people vote on whose stash is the best. Why? What would be, for uh, a good cause. What would be uh, the reward? What, what cause? Clicks. We'd, we'd want to get... <laughs> No, Chatter? Austin, as soon as you're done with this part, you get that beard back. Aye, aye, Captain. Because it is a good look for you. See, I'm just here. These are what this this is the kind of conversation. This is what friends are for. See, oh. Jake's over there disingenuously telling you how great you look. <laughs> I think. You All did. right. I think and, you look fine. And, and well, he does look fine because he's a handsome guy. But I think. He this looks, coming from a man in an orange sweatshirt. Yep. Is it orange or is it? Yeah, it's more uh, like circus of... peanut color. <laughs> yeah, it sure is comfortable. Yeah. Though. All right, that's enough about my mustache. More next. Come see me at AREP. Coming up at five o'clock, we're going to talk to Josh Parcell. Talk a little college football. We've got the the playoff coming up. Gordon's got a column out at sltrip.com. Also, Mike Leach is moving on. All conversation out there for the big show. Don't make me feel bad because I think Austin looks fantastic with the beard. No, right? I, I, I think you should feel weird about having that opinion, not bad. Why? Here you are gushing about how good Austin looks in a beard. It's just weird. That's all. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's a compliment. What's wrong with you over there? What do you mean, what's wrong with are you, me? What's wrong with me? Are you too insecure to compliment a man that he looks good with a beard? I've been telling him his mustache looks fine for two days now. <laughs> you're the one who's been harping on that and then creeping on his beard. Yeah, but I have a feeling you're trying to encourage him to go on looking like he does right now. Which would be fine. Do you okay? Let me just ask you straight out: Do you think he looks better with the mustache without the beard, or with the mustache and the beard, or with just the beard? He looks fine either way. He's Austin. He's he's not he's not. This isn't Face Off the movie. (laughs) Okay. And I know you've had the same facial hairstyle for a while now, but people can change it up. You know. Yeah, I guess if he wants to. I bet it still feels weird. Does it? <laughs> Stay tuned. More I, bet, next. I bet you're sitting there brushing your teeth or whatever, or you're feeling your face, and you're going, "What the hell happened here? Where where'd it go?" Ninety-seven. And your wife is thinking the same thing. Twelve eighty. The zone. <laughs> Slow mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. 
Do you think you're playing the best you've ever played in the NBA right now? I honestly feel good. I mean, I don't even know if I've played the best or better or whatever. I think year for me is I've tried to get better. I've tried to do something different to make myself more effective or more efficient or whatever it is. And I just feel really comfortable. I'm obviously really comfortable with the system. I'm obviously comfortable with coach. And like I said, every year I try to add something to both ends, offensively and defensively. And yeah, I'm just in a really good spot. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Gordon, what do you think about, uh, we've got another Pac-12 reprimand for a coach criticizing officials. What's your blanket opinion on that? Should coaches just be able to fire away? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's a control issue. They don't want the conference to look bad, so what do they do? They... They put the collar on the coaches and say, hey, behave. I don't know. I, I like guys when they can speak their mind. I don't think it's uh, – if someone criticizes an organization, does it mean that that organization is is uh, going to suffer for that? I, I I don't think so. I think it's, it's a futile effort. And besides, it's something much like how you think uh, hockey, uh, fighting in hockey works. It's something that would kind of police itself, wouldn't it? Like, if you really raked a ref over the coals in the media, the next time that ref refed one of your games, it's probably not going that well for you, right? <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it might also, like, like if coaches are complaining about officials and officiating in the league, maybe someone would listen. Maybe someone would uh, hire better refs. Hmm. Right? Hey, I totally agree. Uh, but uh, anyway, the, the Pac-12 today is finding Washington State head coach Kyle Smith. He's been reprimanded, Gordon, by the Pac-12 conference for public comments made about men's basketball officiating. Commissioner Larry Scott announced today Scott made comments to the media uh, that called into question the officiating during Washington State's game against USC on uh, January 2nd. Quote, the Pac-12 membership has established rules that prohibit our coaches from publicly commenting about officiating. We have an obligation to our members to enforce approved conference rules. As a part of our officiating program, there is a protocol in place for our coaches to provide feedback directly to the coordinator of officials, unquote. And by the way, we've heard Kyle publicly talk about how great that process is. Uh, of course. Kyle said that this year, right? That that he um, through his first few years in the Pac-12 complained routinely about certain things through proper channels, and then just gave up because <laughs> nothing nobody ever changed. Yeah. Nobody and that, listened. And that's, see, that's the problem. You have people who have gone through proper channels, and so th- they get frustrated. And so then they speak out, and then they get fined. Uh, I think going into this protection mode is unhealthy. Fix the problem. Yeah. Well, you want to hear what uh, what uh, Coach Smith got fined for? Yeah, we, let's hear it. I don't it wasn't that, let's hear it. Let's give it a listen. Austin? You know, I just know we were, we were a little shorthanded. And the, you know, Tony, they called the charge on Tony. That was big. Um, you know, Dan, I don't know what, about still a lot of time, but um, we crawled back and, and I don't know. I think Noah made a good pass. Someone made a good pass. The guy thought he'd rotate over late. Bang, bang, call. 
home you like to get those you, you like to think you get those and usually usually the refs like to they like to end one of them <laughs> hey but uh came in with a charge and but they're pretty consistent we got a lot of charges too so i can't come i mean i think i think the ref wasn't the officiating at all but that just that call for us at home would have been and uh i don't even think we hung our head we just they're they're pretty good did they do anything on CJ that, that they kind of made it tough for him today? Or? You know, they, they played him with a small guy and they switched stuff. Um, no, it was hard for him to get a shot. He, and then I thought, you know, he had a couple drives where I thought, hmm, thought, you know, he, he there was some contact there, but the, the refs didn't think so. And, um, you know, it, you know, I thought he took a couple ones, you know, a couple, couple he'd like to take back. They were just went quick, but I just think he was anxious. And But he was playing. I mean, he was playing so hard. He was on the glass. He was guarding. Um his effort was tremendous. I uh, just think on that end, he's just got to let the game come to him a little more. That was it? That's it. That's nothing. Come on. Of course not. Come on. What's wrong with what he said? Oh, you can't say you wish a charge call would have gone your way. That's ridiculous. I'm not telling you, this is an insecure conference. That's, that's bad. You can't take a little. All of this is a nudge. Now, uh, now that's weird. Now, what you're supposed to do in this situation is you pull the official's boss into a into a room <laughs> after the game, and do then you know? and then really let him have it. That that's the way to go about it. With that, and that, that. out of control, and they all know it. You know that, Bobby. You're supposed to be good officials. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't recognize that voice. Maybe one of our coaches. Okay. Now, now that's how you do it. <laughs> that right there is is how you get your message uh, oh, message across. Chris Koviak's reaction to that is by far the best. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Must be one of our coaches. Oh man! Don't recognize that voice. <laughs> oh man, that's that's one of Chris Hill's so, finest moments. So let me get this absolutely straight: a coach cannot comment in any way other than complete positivity about officials in the Pac-12. I guess. I, I'm with Austin. I love it how uh, Coach Pope chose to complain about the officials earlier this year. I think it was after the game against Utah, right, where he said, oh, it was just brave, some of the calls that they were making. <laughs> I mean, just dripping with sarcasm, but, uh, you you know, you read that in print and you couldn't find him for it, probably. I just, I mean, what are they so afraid of? I don't know. It makes them look bad. It makes them look insecure. It makes them look like they they know there's a problem and they don't. They, they, well, don't find the, him for that. The emperor's that. got no clothes in this conference. They certainly don't find him for that. I mean, I don't no. think they f- should find him for any of this. But, I mean, if he, he wants to pull out names and say this referee is not only bad at his job but a horrible human, all right, you know, I guess you could react. But but he said, hey, I wish a, a charge call would have gone our way <laughs> at home. And then you he usually said, get those calls. And then, from, he, then he said we did get some. And he said right. they were very consistent. <laughs> What, what he spo- didn't curse. He didn't raise his voice. And I suppose the league is only giving him a reprimand. I mean, what does that even mean? But still. Yeah. I, I searched his coach's show, like on the flagship radio, heard nothing there. 
This is the only comments I think they they were made. It's one thing if guys are bringing pitchforks in and torches and are trying to lead some sort of revolution. It's another to say, hey, you know, there were a few calls that didn't go our way that might have. Well, they're pretty consistent. We got a lot of charges too, so I can't come. I mean, I think I think the ref wasn't the officiating at all, but that just he that said call I for can't us complain. He said and, it uh, wasn't the I don't officiating. Think we we- come on. And then he kind of said that there there was it was yeah that's so benign. Oh, like, I think that's, so too. That's crazy. Is it because uh, he said they like to do the N one? I don't know. I, it's just yeah. That's what a stretch. That's uh, silly. I mean, you complain about Austin on the air all the time. We seem to get along. Did Chris Hill get fined? I don't think he did. He did release an apology. Even to though, Bobby? Even though nobody was 100% certain it was him until... Somebody out Until it, yeah. he uh, he released a statement. But I don't think he got fined. Do you like the Mark Pope approach, though? Yeah, that's why I, was, I just brought that up a second ago. I thought the officials were amazing. That's probably the best crew that's ever set foot on the planet. And I'll tell you this, a really brave and courageous crew. I mean, that crew, I would take them every single game. They're amazing. I love that. I do too. I love that. That's hard to beat. That's hilarious. Reprimand that. <laughs> what did he? What did he call them? Brave and courageous. Yes. What a brave and courageous crew. Yeah, they're amazing. The best to ever set foot on this floor. That might be the most clever comment. I think uh, you don't see that very often. It's pretty coaches. amazing. Coach yeah. Pope has been reprimanded for complimenting the officials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he didn't mean it. Prove it. Yeah, now you're gonna start interpreting what Brave we're and courageous. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. That yeah, is really drum and funny. fife, you know, with the with a bandaged head. All right, coming up next we have the not sports report, then Josh Parcell at the top of the five o'clock hour. You're not gonna want to miss it. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Utah Jazz shoot-around show. Here's Emmanuel Moutier. With the way this offense operates, what have you consumed the most that you feel like you've been able to put out there on the floor? Just knowing when to attack and when, you know, to get others involved. I think I'm just trying to keep figuring that out. And, you know, I'm in there with the starting group for a little bit and the bench unit for a little bit. So kind of figuring out how to pick my own spots and then try to get everybody else involved too. Does that come with a process where you're trying not to think so much and just let it be a reaction? And how is that process coming along? Yeah, I'm not thinking too much and obviously if we get stops and run that's the best basketball so we don't have to think that much ball's moving and i think everybody you know is feeling involved too tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5-1280 the zone in the zone sports network and now your not sports report on 97.5-1280 the zone and the zone sports network Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Maybe I should have kept that story to myself. Yeah, you probably should have. I'll never uh, look at you the same. I know. Austin, 
And I, our, our levels of respect for you have uh, dropped a little bit. Oh, uh, well, what am I? How will I go on? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> well, anyway, moving on. It's time for the Not Sports Report. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, a, that's a great comeback. Brought to you by LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. Uh, you don't care whether we respect you or not? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Hey, we've all done dumb stuff in our past. Oh, I yeah. just happened to tell you about one of them. Yeah. That's true. And it was a, I mean, Austin shared an awkward moment, and I channeled my inner Gordon Monson and one-upped him. Yeah, It just did. happened to be a story I probably should have kept to myself, that's all. I have a story in that same neighborhood, but not, not to your level. I'm what? shocked! Wow, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll tell you about, well, not, not, like I said, not to the same level. Anyway. I'm actually right. a little upset right now. There's things in your life you want to be able to count on. Even if you don't like those things, like Gordon constantly one-upping you. But you can but kinda, I want to count on I it. I can kind of count on it. <laughs> and right. here he has admitted admitted defeat. Well, admitted that he's going to... Well, I can't top that. No. Well, well, what what is a one-up without the up? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. A, a one-for-one. I'm rather happy to report that I can't one-up him on that one. So, But is your story equal to no. Jake's? No. Jake's is better than yes. yours. I am flabbergasted. So he's gonna one down me. <laughs> he'll still, he'll still, he'll still have tell a story. The story. And yeah, gonna, right. I'm gonna condemn you for it. <laughs> still gonna have. You it. know what's not as good as that, Jake? And then he'll tell the story. <laughs> right. But I'm just blown away here. <laughs> All right, Gordon, where are we going today? Well, we need to. I got a, a, a handful of things here. We need to get to. One is an update on yesterday's Don Sports report. Okay. You know how. Uh, uh, Megan and Harry have uh, have uh, resigned the royal family, essentially. Uh-huh. Well, apparently their wax figures at Madame Tussauds, is that how you say it? I have no Tussaud. idea. Tussaud. It's French. The, uh, the, uh, their, their wax museum, their, have, their figures have been taken down already. And now the update is that Prince Charles and Prince William were, quote, incandescent with rage and the queen quote deeply upset at prince harry and Meghan markle's shocking announcement that they plan to quit the royal family uh and which harry's father and brother only found out about from watching it on tv quote this is a declaration of war on the family a senior source told this uh this publication uh their statement was not cleared with anyone it breaks all protocol. There is fury over how they've done this without any thought for the implications for the institution. The Queen is deeply upset. The Prince of Wales and Duke of Cambridge are incandescent with rage. Hmm. Apparently, uh, the source said that Harry and Meghan, want, quote, wanted it their way or the highway. Well, it is their life, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point, but this is getting messy. All right. Who's uh, more upset, the queen or me? You, are obviously. You, are you upset? Well, I had dumped myself yesterday. Yeah, Austin did have a, a passionate reaction to this story yesterday. So have you have you settled with yourself a little bit over this? Yeah, I've, I've come to realize that uh, they don't matter. <laughs> this doesn't matter. 
<laughs> and uh, I should have no feeling about it. But shouldn't you feel good about the fact that they want to go and, and, and sort of blaze their own path? No, I've come to a realization that I don't care about them. See, and they is... can do whatever they want or not. You're on my side, Austin. Welcome. And it actually feels pretty good Team to not say, care. you don't matter. <laughs> you don't deserve. I've wasted too many moments on you. You don't deserve my attention. Yeah, yeah but yeah. To, do you agree with me that a lot of people are out there bored with their own lives, and so they really get into this gossip stuff and this, you know, what, what celebrities are up to, what's going on in their uh, life? I, I don't, but let me tell you what happened at uh, the laundromat the other day. I All could right. not believe these other two people. No. <laughs> are you a, See, go- a, little gossip are you a gossiper? No. But I'll tell you who it is. Lloyd Cole, he gossips all the time. You know what he did the other day? You think Lloyd's a gossip? I mean, you think Austin's a gossiper? What do you think, Gordon? <laughs> I think he might have a tendency. Okay. What do you think? Uh, I uh, I think uh, Austin's a fine coworker. Oh, you are. I enjoy you, working. Wait, wait, wait. Now, now I'm getting. Are you a coach in the Pac-12 now? And now I'm getting paranoid. <laughs> is there? Is this a thing? People think I'm a gossip. No, you're not a gossip. Go. Phil is. Okay. I feel is a. I am incandescent with anger. Did you, did you? What does that even mean? I don't know. Isn't that a light bulb? Incandescent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Just lit up. So it's just flickering on and off. Mm. It's uh, not as efficient as LED. Did you guys see the story about the guy who broke into a Taco Bell and made himself a taco? No. <laughs> and they slept there, took a nap there. No, I've been working today. Now they're looking for him. And one final thing. Huh. You know, I keep reading these reports about how there's going to be flying automobiles. How's that going to work? Because I can see the convenience of it. But what if you have a thousand people with flying automobiles? There's no lanes to follow. How is that going to work without people colliding? I don't know, because the only one of us who's going to be able to afford one is definitely you. <laughs> okay. I'm done. I've decided that orange isn't my color. Oh, now you're feeling self-conscious about yeah, your sweatshirt? sweatshirt? I hope you feel bad about that, Austin. I always thought this was kind of a cool sweat sweatshirt. But uh, I'm looking at my my reflection in the computer, and I'm not sure it's This good. is what friends are for, Gordon, and to you- tell you when you... Shouldn't continue a look, and and you don't care. I learned what, it from you. What people think about how you dress? Why? Why? What no, this no, I just, vanity? All of a sudden, not vanity. It yeah, is just, vanity. You're looking at yourself at the mirror. Well, uh, yeah, well, the reflection. I don't think yeah. this orange brings out the the color in my cheekbones. <laughs> is that being vain? Yeah, a or little. is that just being aware? Vain. No, vain would be. Hey, I look good in anything I wear. That's vain. No, vain is overly concerned about your appearance. This is a new side of you. I I don't really know this side of you. I'm kind of freaking out right now. uh, You know, unlike you, I actually care about what my coworkers think about me, and if they have a suggestion for me, I'm going to take it to heart. So now we're back to being coworkers, not friends. (laughs) Yep. Josh Parcell joins us next. Jake doesn't care. Ah, whatever. (laughs) Ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The zone. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Member of the Utah Jazz, George Niang. There was a moment several weeks ago where there was some concern about this team. Was there ever any concern in the locker room, or did you guys know eventually this thing was going to get heading in the right direction? We always have confidence, especially with how we work and how hard we work and how close we are. Obviously, we had to figure some things out and make some things happen, but I think you can never underestimate how close a team is. And when a team has great chemistry and they continue to work hard and believe in each other, I mean, that's all you can ask. Obviously, you need talent, but I mean, we have that from, from top to bottom. It was just us putting it together like a puzzle. I know people were questioning us, but we're rolling now and we just have to keep doing that. The schedule is going to continue to get tougher and we're going to have to keep proving that we're a team that belongs. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.